What's up, everybody? Oh, that's you're going to have to do better than that. Let's try this again. What's up, everybody? Great to see everyone this morning. I've got to be honest today that when I was standing in this room on a Wednesday night looking at rain pouring down into the building, I was not expecting to see all of you and even be here this morning. But God is awesome, right? And I'm telling you, if you didn't, if you didn't know that uh, as you're looking around, it's pretty obvious, but on Wednesday when the storm came through, blew off a big portion of the roof, just folded it right over and rain just came on down in and portions of the ceiling were just saturated and falling down and ceiling tiles and all that. And it was a giant, giant mess. I know some people say, well, man, Easter was so awesome. We just blew the roof right off this place. I don't know. One lady told me that she said, well, God just wanted to see down into his favorite church. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I do know this, that man, we have some amazing, amazing people here at LifeGate Church that worked so, so hard to get this stuff cleaned up and vacuumed up and moved out of the way so that even though it doesn't look as pretty as usual, we are here today. And I think that's something to celebrate, right? Come on. It didn't look like there was going to be a way, and I know here's what I want you to know here today is that I believe the enemy didn't want you to be here, but God made a way for us to be here, and he has incredible things in store for this service. It's been an amazing day already, and today we are continuing in this series that we started last week called Knock Knock, so everybody say Knock Knock. And here's what we're going to do. In order to do this series and do it right, is it okay to have a little bit of fun? We're just going to have a little bit of fun with this. It's okay to have fun in church. You can loosen up and do that a little bit today. And what we got to do is we need your help. And so what we want you to do is go onto social media, go on to specifically onto Facebook, and tell us your favorite knock-knock jokes. And then we want you to just hashtag it with the hashtag, hashtag, LG Knock Knock, and what we will do is each week during this series, we will share with the whole congregation some of your favorite knock knock jokes. And so I thought I would share a couple of them that we got from last week from you guys. You got to help me out. Everybody knows how knock knock joke goes, right? So you got to help me, and you're going to kind of talk back to me for a second. This first one comes from Mike Evans, and it goes like this Knock knock, interrupting cow. Moo! I know, I told you, they're cheesy, they're corny, I'm just telling you. I like this one, it comes from Angela Cooper, uh, Angela Cooper, it goes like this, knock, knock, all of, all of my LifeGate family, oh, isn't that so sweet and so cute, I like this one, this final one, from Amber Rowland, says, knock, knock, I have a, I have a sore hand from all this knocking, I know. I know, cheesy and silly and goofy, but there really is a point, uh, uh, because the truth of the matter is that there are doors that we walk through in life, and there are many doors that we knock on the door, and it just seems like you're pounding and pounding, and it doesn't open, and then there are times when it seems like you knock on the door, and the opportunity just opens right up to you, and how do you know what doors God wants you to go through? The doors that you step through in life have an incredible impact upon the direction of your life, but what if you don't know which door to go through? What if the door's not open? Or what if there are many doors that are open and you don't know how to get through and you want to do what God wants you to do, but you just don't know how he wants you to get there? In fact, let me just ask you a question today. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you're just like, I don't know what God wants me to do and I'm praying, God, show me what to do. Anybody ever, right? Like, do I take this job or do I take that job or do I stay at the job that I'm at or do I marry this person or not marry this person or date this person or not this person or do we buy this? 
this house or do we buy that car or what do we start this business and all of these decisions that sometimes can be a little bit confusing and sometimes all these opportunities and all these doors that are open to us and it can it can get a little overwhelming at times in fact to the point where sometimes it's like I don't know what God wants me to do and we can just get downright silly sometimes trying to figure out what God wants us to do right I mean all of us have done maybe stuff like this before you might identify with this like maybe you're like I don't know God what you want me to do and so I just I just what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my Bible and I'm just your your word is a lamp to my feet and light in my path and so I'm just going to take it and let it fall open and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to point come on anybody ever done this before I'm going to point and whatever I point to that must be what God wants me to do come on am I the only one that's ever done something like that before I heard about one guy who did that and he's like God I just need your direction whatever I point to so he opened his Bible and he points and it said Judas went out and hung himself He's like, that can't be right. There's, let's try this again. Best two out of three. And so he closes the Bible. He opens it up again. And he points again. And it says, go and do likewise. He's like, no, no. That can't be right. And how many know there's got to be a better way, right? Well, there is. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. If you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open them up today to the book of Revelation. If you don't know where Revelation is, it's at the back. You can just find the maps at the back of your Bible and just turn left for a second and you will find it. You can also find it in your LifeGate app or your YouVersion app on your phone today. Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 7. And let's read it together today. It says, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. And I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you, look at these words, an open door. Everybody say open door. An open door that no one can shut. And I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Here's what you need to understand this morning is that God wants to open doors in your life. God wants to direct your path. He wants to show you which way to go. He has plans and purposes for you, and he wants to show you. It's not a mystery that he's just trying to kind of keep his will from you. He wants to show you his will, and he wants to open the right doors and close the right doors in your life so that you can walk through the open door down the path that he has in store for you. The question is today, how do we know which doors are open and which doors are closed? How do we know which one is that open door that God has for us? And that's what I want to try to tackle for just a minute today. If you're taking notes, we're just going to talk about three things about doors today. And uh, you can write these down. The first one just simply is this, that we should decide that we will never give up. Everybody say, never give up. Never give up on unopened doors. Here's what you got you to know today is this. Just because a door is not open doesn't mean it's closed. Now, I know you're going, well, that, what? I don't get that. That doesn't make sense. But here's what, here's what I want you to see is there are times in our life when a door is not open. But just because the door is not open doesn't mean that God is closing the door forever. It doesn't mean that the door necessarily is closed. It just might not be open right now. 
Does that make sense? Like, I know, I heard one old preacher say, you know, when you talk to God, when you pray for direction, and when you ask God things, that God will answer in one of three different ways. And you've probably experienced this before. Sometimes you pray and you ask God for something, and he says yes. And isn't that awesome when he does that? The door just opens wide open, and everything is great, and you just walk through, and it's easy and smooth and all that. But then there are times when you ask God for something, and the answer is no. Anybody ever experienced that? And the door just closes in front of you. But here's what I've experienced, probably more than the yeses and more than the noes. Many times when you pray, the answer is not yes and the answer is not no. The answer is more like this, more like not right now. Anybody ever experienced that before? And sometimes, sometimes it's frustrating because you don't know. But sometimes the door, just because it's not open, doesn't mean that it will be closed forever. And what we've got to decide is that, hey, when God puts something in our heart, his plan and his purpose for us, that even when it seems sometimes that the door is not open in front of us, we continue to knock on the door with persistence. In fact, some of us just give up way too soon. I remember when we first started this church, I remember, I've told you many stories throughout the 10-year history of this church of doors that seemed to be closed. I remember when we, we first started the church and we didn't have a place to have services. And I'm telling you, we knocked and we knocked and we knocked on doors. I mean, I went to every place in the whole area trying to find somewhere to have services and nothing would open. But we didn't give up on the dream that God had placed in our heart and we kept praying and we kept asking and we kept seeking and we kept pounding the pavement and we kept knocking on the doors and one day the door that seemed to be closed opened wide open for us to move into this building. Some of you are here today and maybe you're praying for a lost loved one and it seems like your prayers just don't seem to be going anywhere. Maybe some of you are here today and you need a miracle in your finances or you need a restoration in your marriage and you seem to just be knocking and knocking and knocking and the door just seems to be closed. But I'm telling you, don't give up on the unopened doors. God just might want to open them in his time. In fact, this is what Jesus was talking about in Luke chapter 11 and verse number 5. He says, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. We have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me for the door is locked for the night. Me and my family are all in bed so I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't get up for friendship's sake, if you just keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be what? Will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks the door will be open Jesus says sometimes there are some doors that are not open because we stop knocking too soon and some of you are here and you need to hear this today you're about to give up on a dream or something that God has placed in your heart and God would say don't stop knocking on the door when you knock and you keep on knocking when you ask and you keep on asking when you seek and you keep on seeking in God's time the door will be open unto you Amen. Here's what you got to understand. In fact, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Open doors oftentimes come with opposition. 
Isn't that true? I mean, a lot of times, here's what we think. We think that if God opens a door for me, then it'll just be everything is great, and it's just like angels from heaven, oh, you know, and I just walk through the door, and there are no problems, and there's no resistance, and there's no criticism, and there's no opposition. But I'll tell you, in my experience, and even what I see in the Scripture, the opposite is actually true. That many times it's the open doors that we actually experience the most opposition. That many times opposition is actually a clue that maybe God might be in it. How many know that if God is in something, the enemy is going to fight against it? In fact, this is what we see Paul talking about in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. He says, for there is a wide open door. Everybody say, wide open door. There is a wide open door for great work here, although, what, many oppose me. See, most of us, when we face opposition, we think, well, God must be closing that door. I guess I'm not supposed to go in that direction. But Paul actually says sometimes the opposite is true, that the door is wide open, and yet I'm facing a lot of resistance and oppositions and struggles and problems and trials. In fact, you might want to write this down, that many times we are opposed not because we're doing something wrong, but because we're doing something right. The truth of the matter is, when you begin to move in the direction God wants you to move, guess what's going to happen? You're going to face the enemy head on. And if, and if everything had to go smooth in order for us to do what God called us to do, let me just tell you something, we wouldn't be here today. This church wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be having service today after what happened on Wednesday night. And the fact of the matter is, just because a door seems closed doesn't necessarily mean that it is closed. And we've got to make the decision that we're not going to give up on unopened doors. Number two, write this down. Not only are we going to not give up on unopened doors, but number two, what we're going to do is we're not going to knock down the closed doors. How many of you have ever, have ever went through a closed door before? You knew God didn't want you to do it, but you did it anyway. Come on, anybody raise your hand, right, right? Let me just ask you kind of like how Dr. Phil would ask you, how'd that work for you, you know? I mean, not so good, right? I mean, there was a reason that God closed the door. It's like a, it's like a red light. You know, if I ask you, what does a red light mean? What does a yellow light mean? Some of you would be like, yeah, green means go. Red means stop. Yellow means speed up and go really fast, right? Anybody? Right, right? And here's what we do sometimes is that sometimes we're, we're going through life and there's all these yellow lights. There's all these signs that are telling us this is not the direction that God wants us to go. But what do we do? We plow right through it anyway. And what happens when you run through a red light? Well, you might get away with it once or twice, but if you do it enough, what's going to happen? It's not going to be good, right? And many of us, this is the way we live our life. It's obvious sometimes when God closes a door for us, and yet many times what we do is we pound on it and pound on it and knock it down and go through it anyway. And here's what, here's what you got to understand at the bottom line of this is when God closes a door, it's for a reason. And that reason is for your protection. Everybody say protection. You see, when a door closes, God is closing that door because he loves you. And he wants to protect you from some things that might 
harm you. In fact, it reminds me of the story of Noah. You remember that story? God said, build an ark. And then he said, I want you to get all the animals and put them in the ark. And then I want you to get all your family and put them in the ark because there's going to be a great flood. And if you read the story in Genesis, once, once uh, Noah gets in the ark and he gets the animals and he gets his family in the ark, it literally says that God closed the door. And why did God close the door on Noah and his family? He closed the door because he knew that there was a storm that was coming and he closed the door to protect them from what might harm them. And some of us, here's the way we live, is we get so frustrated because God closes doors that we wish were open and I didn't get that job or that girl broke up with me or things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go or the way I had them planned in my mind and we get mad at God and the church and the preacher and everybody else because God won't give me what I want and God didn't give me what I needed and we're frustrated but we don't realize what's really going on is that when God closes the door, he closed that door because he loves you. And he sees danger ahead and he wants to protect you from something that you may not even know is there. But if you, when you walk through that door, it could harm and hurt you. So there's two reasons that God closes the door. If you're taking notes, you might want to write them down. The first one is sometimes it's just not the right thing. Sometimes when God closes the door, it's just because, hey, this is not the right thing. Might be that, hey, I want that job, or I'd like to marry that person, or I would like to buy that house. And maybe that's just not the right thing for you, and maybe God has something actually better for you. You just don't know it. In fact, in the words of the famous theologian Garth Brooks, sometimes the best gifts are unanswered prayers, right? And we've all experienced that before. Maybe it's just not the right thing. But number two, write this down. Maybe it's just not the right time. In fact, this is what the scripture says in Ecclesiastes. The, most, the, the wisest man who ever lived, he said this in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. For everything there is a, what, a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry. A time to laugh. A time to grieve. A time to dance. A time to scatter uh, stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. And a time to keep and a time to throw away. And a time to tear and a time to mend. And a time to be quiet and a time to speak. And a time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And then in verse number 11 he says, yet God has made what? Everything beautiful in its own, what? In its own time. Some of you right now, even God has closed some doors and you're frustrated. But what you don't understand is you don't understand that maybe God closed those doors because now's just not the right time. I've experienced this in my life, man. There are prayers that I prayed when we first started this church and through this time as we've pastored this church over this last nine and a half years, things that were good prayers and things that I believe that God wanted us to experience and wanted us to have, but it just seemed like the more I prayed, the less the doors were opening and I would be frustrated. But you know what? As I look back, here's what I, what I see is that some of those things that I wanted God to do and I wanted God to give in my life, if he would have given them to me at that time, I wouldn't have been ready for them. I wasn't the right person at that time. And so God had to build me and strengthen me and prepare me. And if he would have given me some of the stuff we're seeing at the church right now, if he would have brought that growth back then, I wouldn't have been ready for it. And instead of helping me, it would have harmed me. 
And some of you, you're frustrated because, man, I can't find the person to marry, or I'm not getting the job, or I'm not whatever, and you're, you're even upset at God because he's not giving you the desires of your heart. But maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe he's trying to save you and trying to prepare you so that when the right time comes, he can open those doors for you. But if he gave you that right now, it wouldn't help you, it would harm you. And he loves you enough. You see, that's what, that's what Solomon was saying. There is a season. Everybody say a season. There's a season. A season for everything. And what the farmer knows is that you don't plant during the harvest season. You don't plant during the winter because when you plant the seed during the winter, you won't be able to experience the harvest. And so sometimes God wants to bring a greater harvest in your life, but it's just not the right season for that now. And if you don't understand the season, you're just going to be frustrated all the time. But if you understand that God loves you and his purpose for your life is to protect you and give the best to to you, then you'll be able to understand that, okay, God will open some doors and some doors he will close. And the reason he closes them is because he loves me and he wants to protect me from something that might actually harm me. Come on, I'm preaching. That's good. So here's what we're going to do with doors. We're not going to give up on unopened doors. We're going to pray and keep on praying. We're going to seek. We're going to keep on seeking. We're going we're gonna to ask and keep on asking We're not going to knock down the doors that God obviously closes. But then number three, write this down. We're going to pray for wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Pray for wisdom to know the difference. See, the truth of the matter is that not every open door is one that we should actually walk through. The fact of the matter is that there are some opportunities that are actually distractions from the more important things. In fact, it reminds me of this story in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 38 of these two ladies, Mary and Martha. We see it in verse 38. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was, look at this word, was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits there while, while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. But there is only one thing. Everybody say one thing. There is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. In this instance, there are two opportunities. There are two doors that are both open, and both are good opportunities. I mean, I can be in the kitchen serving the master, or I can be at Jesus' feet worshiping the master, and both of those are good things that we should be doing. In fact, I don't even want to give Martha a hard time, because sometimes we just need some people to cook some dinner. How many know what I'm saying, right? I mean, on when we were here yesterday, I didn't need nobody to sit and listen to my sermon. I needed some people to put up some plastic and to clean some chairs off and to mop some floors. How many know what I'm saying? We need some Marthas. And those are good decisions. But Jesus said, even though that's a good opportunity, there's an even better opportunity. And Mary has, she knows what it is and she has chosen it and it will not be taken away from her. And here's what I want you to understand is that many times it's not not the fact that we have closed doors that are the confusion in our life. It'd be nice if God would just open them and close them and we would just know. Here's where the real confusion comes is that many times we have so many open doors that we don't know which one to take, right? 
The fact of the matter is that we have more opportunities in this world now than has ever been known in the history of all mankind. I mean opportunity. We live in the land of opportunity. In America today, the fact of the matter is you've got every choice in the world. And so the problem is not so much the closed doors. The problem is more all these open doors and how do I choose the best door that God has for me? So let me just help you out, give you a little wisdom here. You want a little wisdom and a little help? Write these two things down. Here's how we're going to choose the best, the best door. Here's what we're going to do. First thing is we're going to do is we're going to do our homework. I know that's not a good word. Nobody likes homework. My daughter, she's 11. She hates homework. But guess what? When you make a decision, some of you are facing decisions right now. Should I take that job or not take that job? Should we start that business or should I stay at the job that I'm at? Should we buy this house? What should we do? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to do your homework. You're going you're to research and you're going to study and you're going to plan and you're going to prepare and you're going to do everything you can to help you to make a good decision. In fact, this is what the scripture says in Proverbs 21 and verse 5. It says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Here's the deal. The Bible says that when we plan, that that will lead to our profit. But when we make hasty decisions, what happens? It leads to poverty. leads to problems. And the, pro- the, the fact of the matter is today is that most poor decisions are made because we are making the decision on a very emotional level. That's wisdom right there. Some of you go, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, just look at the car you're driving out in the parking lot, right? Most of us, we made that decision not based on, can I afford it? Does my budget say that I can afford it? No, no, no. We based it on, hey, I'm at, the dry, I'm at the car lot, and I'm driving it, and man, it feels so good, and that new car smell just getting in my lungs, right, right? And somehow it moves from our lungs to our brains and makes us stupid. I'm just saying... <laughs> It does, and we're not thinking about, can I afford this, or am I going to have, I mean, I got the $700 a month car payment, and I can't do it, and it's going to make me strapped and feel all this struggle. No, 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 we're not thinking about that. We're just thinking about, man, it feels good, and the steering wheel is brand new, and that smell, and you know what I'm saying, right, right? And we make poor decisions because we made them hastily. We made them in, we made them with emotions. We are driven by our emotions, and so here's what we're going to do. If you're going to make good, godly decisions and go through the right doors, here's Here's what you're going to do. You're going to plan and you're going to prepare and you're going to, before you make big decisions, you're going to do your homework. So everybody say, do your homework. But number two, this is so important, even more important than letter A. Letter B is this, we're going to let the Holy Spirit do his work. See, here's where it really all comes down, is that most of the time, what happens is we make our decisions based on emotions rather than making our decisions based on the leading of the Spirit of God. And here's what the Scripture says. The Scripture says it in, in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. It says, we can make our plans, but it is the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. It is the Lord who directs our steps. And yes, it's important to plan and do our homework, but ultimately we got to let the Lord guide us and direct us. And that only happens when we have made Him the Lord of our life. See, most of us, here's the problem. The reason that we don't know what God wants us to do is because we're still trying to do what we want to do. We're the Lord of our life. And in order to really get direction, let me just tell you something. If you want direction from God, guess what? He's not going to tell you what to do if you're not going to do it. <laughs> so that's the first step right there is just to go, God... You're the Lord of my life. 
whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. And when you get to that place where you're saying, I'm going to make my plans and I know what I want to do, but ultimately more than what I want to do, I want to do what God wants to do. I make my plans, but the Lord, he is my Lord. He will direct my steps and God, whatever you say to do, even if you close the door that I really wanted to be open, even if it's something that I really wanted to do and you say, no, that's not the time or that's not the thing. I'm surrendered to you. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do our homework, and then we're going to let the Holy Spirit work. We're going to pray, and we're going to seek God, and we're going to believe Him to lead us and direct us. And then here's, what, here's what's going to happen. Even when I step through that door, and I do that thing, and it doesn't work out maybe the way I thought it would work out, what I'm going to do, I'm going to trust. Everybody say trust. I'm going to trust. That's the bottom line. I'm trusting God that he will open the right doors and he will close the right doors and he will give me direction when there are many open doors so that I can step through the door that he has for me. It's just like in the book of Acts where the early church was making some big decisions about what do we do about the church and all this growth and all these people that are coming and trying to figure it all out. And then, then it says that they basically went to God and look what it says they did in Acts chapter 15 and verse 25. They said, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Here's how you make good decisions. You do your homework, you pray, you seek God, and then you go, hey, that seems like what I feel is good by the preparation I've done, and that seems like what I feel is good in my heart as the Holy Spirit is leading me, and now I'm going to step into that decision, and I'm going to trust that even if the results don't turn out the way I wanted them to, to turn out, that God was in the decision. See, sometimes we make a decision, and then things didn't go. I went to a new job, and I didn't like it as well as the other one, so God must have not been in, in that decision, or I must have made it a mistake. No, no, no. If you did your homework, and then you asked God to lead you, and it seemed good to you, and it seemed good to the Holy Spirit, then you can trust that even if things didn't work out the way I wanted them to work out, that I know that God is leading me and directing me, and He has a plan, and His plan is better than my plan. Amen?